If you're having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems and waiting all day for Sunday night is not one. New Sprint Red Option Podcast starts now. Welcome, everybody. We are live. We are live. My name is Jason Aponte. I am Andrew Pasquini. We're working. That's it. We're working over here. That's it. Let's go, Niners. Let's go, Niners. I promised Jason Aponte the only one Carrie Underwood reference, and I burned it in the first three seconds of the podcast. New Sprint Ride Option Podcast. I am Andrew Pasquini, joined as always by Jason Aponte, somebody I seem to find new ways to annoy every episode of this beautiful, beautiful podcast. Uh, Jason, how you doing on this lovely Friday evening? You know what's funny is I knew it was coming, yeah, and it's still. It, it, it still didn't disappoint, but here's something depressing. I thought of that last week. I've been sitting on that opening since last week. Well, I will say this, <laughs> you know me better than anybody and you know what would push my, but you know how to push my buttons and everything I, as well. Too. I love pushing your buttons, Jason. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Hot start here. Hot start here. I love it. I love it. Hey, man. It's exciting. Listen, it's Cowboys week. The Niners uh, play the Cowboys on Sunday. That's why we're all here. That's why we're talking about it. Uh, it's it's exciting. This is very exciting. It, it's it, it, not not to not to poo poo on any of the four previous teams the 49ers have played, but this really feels like the first important game of the season. I know this is it. I know I know week one obviously very important. It's the first game of the season, but this really feels like the first real test of 2023. The San Francisco 49ers are going to face, and and I'm excited because this, this is the game, man. This, this is. To me, I wrote about it in NinersNation.com. I don't know if you know we write that early plug. We're going to get that out of the way. Um, but to me, to me at least, and I, I know I know that that Ravens and Steelers fans and other fan bases are going to say something different, but this is the iconic rivalry in NFL history. Uh, I know Steeler and Raider fans too have that claim, and Alan, we're going to get to your question here in about three seconds. Bears, uh, Packers. Bears, Packers. I know a lot of teams. I just don't feel like, a rivalry i think the word i used was oomph. i think i used oomph in my article no rivalry in football has the oomph that this one has i mean this is this is one that what i think i wrote in my article 17 uh, of 17 nfc championship games from 1980 to 1997 either the niners or cowboys were in like 13 of them and four of them they were playing against each other to me this is the marquee rivalry uh jason real quick i want to get your thoughts and then we'll talk more about randy gregory yeah, no, uh, obviously this runs deep. Um, mm-hmm. As a young man, as a, the youngest uh, version of me, don't call me old, um, but I've never hated a team more than I've hated the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting to watch how this week has gone or how this whole season has gone, basically, with how the Cowboys have flipped their tone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Michael Parsons, before the wild card game, Bullies get bullied. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the next year, we want the Niners. Okay. Okay. Now this year, well, Brock Purdy's really good. This is the team that's probably going to make the Super Bowl. It's so funny to watch a team that literally all they do. And you know what's even better? The last two times the 49ers have played the Dallas Cowboys, our chat has been littered with Dallas Cowboys fans. Yeah. Who literally have been in there saying, "Oh, we're good." They're non-existent. Yep. I said this on the Monday show. The Dallas Cowboys and their fans need this. Yes. They need this one. Mm-hmm. They need this one. Mm-hmm. 
because they're acting different. They're humble. They're quiet. Mm-hmm. And that's not like them. For Jerry yeah. Jones to literally say this is probably the team that is going to the Super Bowl, you don't fool me. No. Michael Parsons, you don't fool me. No. You watch what happened to Patrick Peterson. You watch what happened to anybody else who says anything, mm-hmm. including yourselves. And now you're humble. You're quiet. You hope mm-hmm. the 49ers walk in and they sleepwalk in this one. It goes to show you who is the hunter, who's the hunted. Mm-hmm. And the 49ers are the hunted now. And the Cowboys have completely flipped their script from being so confident, so cocky. Mm-hmm. And it's not just their fans. It's their team. It's their owner. They need this one badly. They need mm-hmm. this one so badly. And they are trying their best to not give the 49ers any sort of juice mm-hmm. and hope mm-hmm. that they walk into this game and be flat. Yeah, and, and we'll talk more about Niners-Cowboys, specifically the rivalry. But let's, let's, let's get into the big news of the day. Niners make a move. The Niners have traded uh, a 2024 sixth-round pick in exchange to the Denver Broncos for pass rusher Randy Gregory in a 2024 seventh-round pick. Uh, Gregory had 16 and a half sacks with the Dallas Cowboys in five years before signing a five-year, $70 million deal with the Denver Broncos. That obviously didn't work out since Denver was trying to release him. The Niners ended up trading for him instead of waiting for him to get released. I like I, I, – I don't know anybody who could say they dislike this move because the Niners gave up nothing essentially, but another early plug, Jason Aponte, if you follow Jason Aponte's YouTube channel, uh, there's a little show called state of the franchise. It's on every Wednesday. Uh, and, and I really want to get your thoughts because you and Brad Graham kind of mentioned, Hey, this is an interesting name to talk about uh, for, for a move, maybe a signing Niners end up trading for him. So Jason, Give me all your thoughts on Randy Gregory. I want to hear what your thoughts are. I want to hear what you think he can add to this team. And and, and really, I, I guess another way, and dare I say the name Coach K, but is this another uh, Coach K find? No, it is. And thank you for bringing up State of the Franchise. And you know what? As opposed to me saying it over again, I've got the clip put up right here where we can we can take a look at it. And Let's for our it. audio listeners, you'll get to hear it. And uh, thank you for the plug of State of the Franchise. But this was what... I was telling Brad, and Brad agreed, and we kind of just ran with it, so we might as well just play it. Chad said no audio, so okay. that, that's, that's so, okay. We, no try, we tried something. That's no okay, audio. Jason. You, let, let, let me hear your no thoughts audio. live now. Here it's we fine. go. We're good. We're good. We're good. It's fine. Um, so <laughs> basically, essentially, um, uh, what, what we were saying there was, was Randy Gregory had kind of fallen out of favor in Denver, and it was up to Nick Bonito and – Jonathan Cooper from Ohio State, who kind of swung the Bears game. And that was kind of where you saw him go away, right? Like a little bit. And mm-hmm. when the Denver Broncos signed him, they signed him to a guaranteed contract of like $25 million up front. But everything else is just is just now free, basically. So now he's like the cheapest rental now at this point. And at 30 years old, Chris Kosarek has done wonders on everybody. This is absolutely a Coach K move. Uh, basically, I just wanted to add him because I knew it would be cheap. They're literally paying the veteran minimum, and they're not on the hook for anything going forward, even though his his money will toll. But I guarantee you that the 49ers won't have him around next year. So at this point, uh, this is an absolute great move. Uh, look, no slighted Drake Jackson, no slighted Kerry Hyder, who we hope you can come back around on the practice squad. Um, it just It's not the same thing across mm-hmm. right now no. from Nick Bosa. No. And Drake Jackson, Drake Jackson actually had a very good game, but 
a lot of that I attributed to the fact that Eric Armstead was pushing guys his way. Yep. Obviously, the 49ers saw an opportunity to send a six-round pick. I believe it is or something like that. They swapped six and sevens. Yep. It's the absolute right move at this point. And if anybody can get anything out of Randy Gregory, it is the 49ers. Apologies for the audio before. I could hear it on my end. I just couldn't hear it on uh, your end. Oh, totally, totally fine. No, and Jason, I, to me, I think really the way I viewed it is at best – you probably have the best edge rusher on the other side of Nick Bosa that Nick Bosa's had, right? Like maybe outside of the idea of D Ford, but if Randy Gregory can produce, he has the potential to be the best opposite of Nick Bosa the Niners have had since drafting Nick Bosa. But at worst, at worst, is you have a very solid rotational piece to just kind of go in with the rest of the rotational pieces. And kind of like the Javon Kinlaw situation we talked about where – it's 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 Hargrave and now Eric Armstead and Denver is paying the salary for I think it's like ten million this year or is it? Is and it we just higher? pay and we just pay the the vet minimum. There it is. So Denver's paying a lot of it, but we we talked about the same thing with the interior of the line is is with Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead taking the one and two snaps. Maybe it means you get a little more production out of Kinlaw by giving him less snaps. And I think. Jason, you being the, the tape guy, we've seen that production out of Kinlaw in minimal snaps. And now instead of having Drake Jackson and Cleveland Farrell being the second kind of rotational guy, I think you might be able to get more production out of them. Ideally, I don't know exactly. I'm assuming you make this move for Randy Gregory for him to be your edge too. I don't think there's any discussion about that. Yeah. Uh, if, if you maybe get less snaps out of a Drake Jackson or a Cleveland Farrell, maybe you get more production out of them as well. And, and, and I mean, Jordan Willis, Charles Omenihu, Kerry Hyder. I'm forgetting a lot of names, but Coach K has gotten starting Arty. key. Jinx, you owe me a Coke, buddy. But that, that was the name I knew I was forgetting. Uh, but, but we've seen so much production kind of juiced out of these players. Andrew, Coach K. But you're burying I, you're burying the lead about why they brought in Randy. Oh yeah, Gregory. obviously yes. And the big reason they brought him in is they gotta know. Listen, man. No, I, just say it. Just say it first, <laughs> and then and then we'll make the jokes. Say it first. Listen, listen. The Niners only made this trade to get the Cowboys playbook. That's all they did. They're gonna. They, they literally brought. Monday. They literally brought in like, Randy Gregory because of the intel that they could get. And God, uh, you know what? If Andrew's not gonna cook, I am about to cook on this whole man. thing. All, all I'm going to say on this whole conversation is the, the, the Niners have eliminated the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs the past two years. I don't think the Niners have hit. I don't think the playoffs is where you hide things. I think that's kind of where you show everything. If the Cowboys feel like they can learn something from Trey Lance for a week five game that they have not learned about the 49ers offense from, from the last two playoffs, may God help Mike McCarthy. May God help him. Because they ain't learning shit if they need Trey Lance, who's played five games. And I love Trey Lance. Please don't take this as a slander of Trey Lance on the Niners. But if they feel like they needed five games of Trey Lance knowing this playbook to get intel for a week five football game, Mike McCarthy should probably be fired. Let's be a thousand percent honest. <laughs> it, it baffles me that the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys is Dan Quinn. Yes. And now the reason that Dallas is going to figure out the 49ers offense is because of Trey, Trey Lance. Lance. Yes. Guys. And I know our, our viewers, our listeners are smarter than that. Yes. You've got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah. I, mean, I, absolutely, 
You I absolutely have to be hard. fucking kidding me. Yeah. And for, for Kyle Shanahan to get up there and say, well, I don't know what he's going to tell them other than what they're – you think Dan Quinn is watching the tape of the 49ers and saying, oh, man, he likes to use motion. What do you think about that, Trey? Oh, wait, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey gets – what do you think about that, Trey? Mike McDaniel couldn't fucking tell you more about this offense, and it doesn't matter. It's Brock Purdy beat him in the first game. It's literally an offense that changes week to week, game to game, personnel, uh, matchups, everything. My God, this is the biggest non-story I've ever heard in my life. And you know how you know it's a non-story? Last week, and the Dallas Cowboys – their media and their fans, fuck, they're annoying. You, last <laughs> week, Ezekiel Elliott was a patriot, and all they talked about was, well, Zeke's going to tell them what they need to do. How'd How did go? that work out? How'd that go? 38 to 3, they lost. you got to be fucking kidding me with this. I'm sorry that I'm cursing so much. Nah, you have to be kidding me with this. Ezekiel Elliott was literally really? on the other sideline, and the Patriots lost that game in the second quarter. Who gives a shit? Yeah, if no, Dan, that... Dan Quinn is good enough to learn on his own and fix it on his own. You know why? He's a great defensive coordinator. That scares me way more than what Trey Lance would say. Oh, well, I think I see Kyle Juszczyk going in motion. Oh, I think uh, I think when Brock Purdy drops back, he's going to throw it. Well, you oh, see when uh, Trent Williams stands that way, it's a yeah. run. Oh, <laughs> you had to. Sorry. <laughs> sorry had to. You just had to. It's just. I'm sorry. I'm just so sorry. I just, I, I have been laughing at this narrative the entire week because the Cowboys people that are propping this up were the same ones talking about Ezekiel Elliott can't tell them anything with the Patriots. He sure can't. They lost 38 to three. My God, this is the yeah. biggest non-story ever in the history of football. Yeah, I just, yeah, when, when I first, because I report for it, the first idea I saw that came out like Tuesday and I just, I had to giggle. It's just like I, I understand the thought, I, I I get the the idea of it, I guess. But as I said, this is a you know two teams that have played each other enough the past two years to kind of know what's going on. I mean, I, I think I spoiler the Niners are going to try and get the ball to Christian McCaffrey a lot. Like, do, do, do uh, they need Trey Lance to know that? Trey Lance is he's going to be like, hey, uh, when they try to do field goals, I think Jake Moody's going to come out and yeah, take some kicks or whatever. They're going to be like, oh, now he might hold it. They're going to be like, oh my god, write that down, write yeah. that one down, man. Like, it just. Oh my god, man! Yeah. Shout out to Trey Lance, man. Fine, yeah, we love you know, Trey Lance. But but come on, guys! And yeah. I know that our viewers and listeners are smarter than that. Yes. I know that you guys are. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, Jay, I'm glad we, we stumped that out. We got that out of the way. We, I, I've been, I've been. The second I saw that, I'm like, oh my god! I cannot wait to talk to Jason about this because it, <sighs> it's just, it's, it, it's one of those things. It's just one of those headlines. It's like, hey, we need something to talk about, right? Like that, and and, and it's funny to me because like. It's the fucking Niners and Cowboys. What else do we need to make up? Where they at? What? Yeah, and Cowboy fans coming into Niners hasn't been dead. Well, what's funny is if it's literally what I said earlier on, they were all over our streams all week. All those. It's going to be weeks. funny if if Dallas wins come Sunday. They're gonna they're gonna seem to find this podcast. Oh no no no! Like, it'll be fun. If but God hey, forbid that does happen, he's gonna well, pull up. Gonna what's pull up funny? What's funny is with well, with go. COVID. With Grizz, thank you for becoming a spicy squad member. Appreciate it. Uh, what's funny is what Cowboy fans don't realize is 
there's COVID in the house. I already got plans to watch the other guys on Saturday. So that's the fallback plan, just in case. Just in case the Niners lose, we're just going other guy conversations. (laughs) So so look, it's finally gonna happen, guys. So tomorrow is the day that Andrew Pasquini is gonna watch the other guys. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna sit, hang out, watch the movies. Uh, I love other guys is on the list, and I'm like, and I I should have told Jamie, I go. Yeah, dude, I'm keeping it in my back pocket so if the Niners lose, we don't have to talk about the game. We can just right. talk about the other talk guys. Talk about the other guys. Just, just bounce quotes off each other. Andrew, this <laughs> – look, all right, look. Let's get to it now. Let's get to the, the actual game, game yeah. No, no, no. But we have 150 people in here, guys. Yeah, Make sure it. you like this video, subscribe to the channel, hit that notification bell for when we yes. go live, man. I think there's Cowboys fans in here. They're just not vocal in the chat. So they're waiting to, like, clip something hey. and just go ahead and do that. Hey, if Cowboy fans are here, comment. We like to talk. We, we've made – We've had so much fun talking to other fan bases. Man. Not them. Like, like, come on. I mean, okay, never well, mind. Don't, don't, well, not, not them. Me. Not them. It's just the other, there's like one or two of them that like they were there all week and talking crazy. And then they came back in the postgame show and they were just like, hey, you know, we didn't listen. You know, they were very humble. But other than that, they're just going to pop their shit and run. But I do want to talk about some things that, you know, I've kind of noticed and, and things that have kind of just been pushed as a narrative. Right. So there's a narrative out there because the 49ers are the 17th. Uh, they, they allow the 17th most uh, passing yards per game. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the 49ers are blowing people out. There's garbage time at the end of games. And it's funny that there's the 17th most passing yards allowed, but they're third in the league in passing yards per play. So that should tell you it's like death by a million paper cuts. And then like, yeah. and then literally at the end of games, there's not too much for the 49ers defense that you're really too worried about. The only thing that I will say is a huge concern, and this is how I'm going to you know, push this to you. C.D. Lamb runs 72.1% of his routes from the slot. Yep. Um, Isaiah Oliver, D'Amador Lenore, what's, what's the plan here? But I, I do want to give Isaiah Oliver some, some kudos a little bit real quick. Yep. Um, he's allowed, I think it's on 21 targets, he's allowed 16 catches, but he's allowed six yards per catch. Mm-hmm. That's, and he has the fourth best coverage grade in the entire secondary, right? Being yep. the fourth, you know, the fourth guy or the fifth guy in the, mm-hmm. uh, the secondary. So <clears throat> I don't, I'm not like completely worried about it because the 49ers will mix in disguise. Maybe they'll have Fred Warner, you know, carry CD mm-hmm. up the, up the, up the field, but and I think this is it right here. I think this is it yeah. right here. Yeah. Um, you signed Isaiah Oliver, and Steve Wills called him the best nickel that was available. You signed him to play. Don't mess around. Do not mess around. Do not put Ambry Thomas on the outside with Michael Gallup, who's coming on, with Brandon Cooks, who hasn't really hit his stride yet. Don't mess around. Leave Lenore on the outside, live with Isaiah Oliver, and kind of mix and match with Fred Warner because we've seen Fred Warner ca- carry uh, um, C.D. Lamb up the seams. If I'm worried about something, I'm worried about that, Andrew Pasquini. Yeah, and, and I actually have Isaiah Oliver's numbers in front of me on NinersNation.com. My numbers are no article that came out this morning. I talked about C.D. Lamb out of the slot. Uh, Isaiah Oliver out of the slot this season has been targeted 16 times, according to pro football focus uh, has been targeted 16 times allowing 13 receptions for 77 yards. It's 5.9 yards per reception out of the slot. Uh, his 60.7 passer rating against in the slot is second in the league, minimum 60 snaps only behind Kenny Moore. So, right. so he's, and he's Kenny having, really good. and Kenny Moore has been having a very good year. Uh, so, 
there's a there's a lot to this. Uh, I I'm very interested how the Niners attack it because you mentioned Fred Warner. I don't know how many linebackers. I I. I... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many linebackers in the NFL can run step for step with a guy like CD Lamb, but Fred Warner's one of them. And yeah. and that that definitely is is a benefit, but I I'm, I'm really excited to see Isaiah Oliver in this game just just to kind of see because we we did give him his fair his his fair share of, of grief for what we saw in the preseason, but we haven't mentioned him much. And and, and to me that, that's a good side because it's either we're mentioning you a lot because you have interceptions and he has one on the season, or we're mentioning you a lot, like we mentioned, say, Ambry Thomas, because we're noticing you a lot more because of mistakes. We haven't mentioned much about Isaiah Oliver, and that's because six, I, I can live with six yards per reception out of the slot. Absolutely. Yeah. Every time. So, right. so I'm very excited. I'm excited to see that. I'm going to flip it to you. The other thing that I, I haven't decided what I feel about it yet. Andrew, uh, real, real quick though, I have some. I just have some quick notes too about the defense. Ahead. Just a little bit go more. Ahead, just, I'm sorry. Ahead, yeah, and, then, and no, just no, make sure ahead. you just put a pin on that and just send it back mm-hmm. to me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, look, Steve Wilkes spoke in the offseason about limiting explosive plays, and the mm-hmm. 49ers have literally been on a historic pace about explosive plays, and it's about keeping everything in front of you, and not that Brandon Staley bullshit that they're running in with the Chargers with the two high safeties. That's this is completely different, right? Yes. Um, and I think what we're losing sight of a little bit is that Steve Wilkes has kind of had this MO with zone and the way that he runs his coverages. And I pulled some numbers from Sports uh, Sports Info Solutions, which is a wonderful tool for anybody who wants to get in-depth analytics. So, for instance, last year, Steve Wilkes was the defensive coordinator, interim head coach in Carolina. The Panthers defense played zone coverage 64% of the time. That was fifth in the NFL. And it had a 45% success rate, which is 12th in the NFL. And the defense was in man coverage 21% of the time. The split was 79 to 15 in favor of zone. So clearly he favors zone, right? But the majority of the zone coverage was MFC, which is essentially single high safety looks, Mm -hmm. cover one and cover three at 46%. MOFO is two high safety looks, cover two or quarters coverage at 39%. That ranked 18th and 17th in the NFL. And he also blitzed 31% of the time, which was good for ninth best in the NFL. Now, when you look at the Carolina Panthers defense last year, you're not going to get there with four. So you've got to blitz. So he's trying to play to his personnel, right? Like at that point, 31%. So this season, through four weeks, it is 67% of the time is zone, 24% in man. The difference is in the MOFO and the MOFC numbers. So again, MOFO is the two high safety looks, cover two and quarters. That is 48%. The MOFC is actually the is the uh, single high safety looks, and that's cover one, cover three. That's 43%. The last thing is the blitz rate is down to 22%. That's 21st in the NFL. And four-man rushes being used 77% of the time. That's ninth best in the NFL. But the Blitz is seeing a success rate of 37%. That's good for fourth in the NFL. As of right now, Steve Wilkes is playing to his personnel, understands that I've got four. Maybe Randy Gregory gives him a little bit more juice. But I don't need to, to give you more to Blitz to get there. It's a matter. It's a matter of when and not if. But the sacks are coming. The pressures are still there. All of those things are still there. That's all I wanted to say about that. It's it's something that I think 49er fans weren't aware of 
when Steve Wilkes got here um, about his tendencies in terms uh-huh. of zone and the way he he uses it. But yeah. I think it's important to highlight because it is going to be something that you see. And one thing that I want to point out is that Kyle Shanahan has been great with helping with the adjustments. Kyle Shanahan is so good now that he's going to the defense and he's going to them about adjustments that they should make yes. and about how to attack that. That's how good Kyle's been this time. And Alan, does Randy Gregory play on Sunday? He no. won't get to the building until Monday, unfortunately. Unfortunately. And Jason, I, tell me if I'm wrong. This is the way I see it. And you watch the tape. I I, I try to. You're smart or whatever. You're, you're good with tape. I'm not. That's okay. Um, I've seen it. I mentioned it last year a little bit that like I don't mind that the Niners defense is allowing teams to kind of move the ball on them because the Niners have so much talent and speed that I feel like unless you're getting big plays on the Niners, you're almost restricting yourself on offense because you're you're shrinking your own field, right? And and for me, when I think of a zone defense and especially Steve Wilkes, and I look at the Niners have allowed the 17th most or or the 17th yeah, the 17th fewest passing yards, so I guess it would be 13th most, whatever it is. Right. They've allowed the few, third fewest points. And essentially what that's telling me is the zone is, is is working. Is Teams are, yes, moving the ball down the field on the Niners, but once it gets very tight and restrictive, that's where the Niners really come to play. They're not giving up points. They're not giving up touchdowns. Teams are averaging 1.58 points per drive. The Niners, seventh best in the league. So, yes – Dog, you guys can have your passing yards. You can have that. That's totally fine. I don't care about that. Also, people tend to forget that the Niners have faced the most pass attempts this season as well. Um, but that that's also because they're blowing nobody people mentioned out. That. But because they're blowing people out. But dog, the Niners could be giving up 500 passing yards per game. I don't care as long as they're top three in points allowed. And that's how I see the zone. Yes, they're giving up a lot of soft coverages. But you know what happens to soft coverages when the offense has 10 yards to go? They automatically become tight coverages because there's no room to move. And listen, the yards, all that stuff is fine as long as the Niners aren't giving up touchdowns because you are not going to beat Niners. The Niners, Unless you get 10 drives with three field goals, you have a chance to tie them if the Niners only score 30. But if you're kicking, you're not going to beat this Niners offense with three points at a time. Funny enough, the Dallas Cowboys are 30th in red zone efficiency. Hmm. Funny That's enough, Andrew Pasquini. Also have a rookie very, kicker. That is very interesting. Um, so look, all of those things, when you're talking about it again, it's more about, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Yes. And I think everybody is waiting for the levy to break when it comes to this, but everybody's also coming in knowing, I need to get this ball out of my hands fast. Mm-hmm very fast and get it out and just and just throw the ball get rid of it that has a lot to do with what's going on with the lack of sack production right mm-hmm. um so that's another thing that you need to talk about as well too so it's like teams are doing that the other thing is Dak isn't exactly pushing the ball down the field and the Cowboys offense isn't exactly explosive right so all of these things when you kind of sit there and you look at everything you're like well, they're not pushing the ball down the field. The 49ers are not giving up explosives. They're not giving up things in the red zone. They're not giving up points. And it's like, hmm, how have the Cowboys been winning games? Well, let's see. Game one against the New York Giants, the Giants absolutely vomit all over themselves. Yes. And the game's over after, like, the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, game two, the New York Jets, 
Zach Wilson is not completing passes. Their offense doesn't even have to be on the field. The only game they've been, they've had to be competitive in was against the Arizona Cardinals. And sure, Tyron Smith didn't play. Sounds like he's going to play. That's actually a really big thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but they lose to Arizona. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then the next week, the New England Patriots absolutely vomit all over themselves. The Dallas offense hasn't had to do anything like no. at all, like this entire time. So we don't even know what they are at this point. And all of those things with the way that their offense is properly con- well constructed right now, it's not down the field. And the 49ers are not giving up anything down the field. So if you want to try and dink and dunk and move your way down the field, mm-hmm. okay, you better be able to punch those things into seven because field goals are not going to help you in this game. And uh, for life Niners says, um, CMC throws a touchdown. CMC throws a like touchdown. that prediction. That's if a fun there's prediction. a if there's a prop bet for that and you believe it, please smack that down on the table because yes. it's got to be like plus like ten thousand and you can probably I, win some money. Can I give you some context to the 49ers secondary this season? Sure. Uh, before we talk about, because I do want to talk about that Cowboys offensive line. Uh, so so we talked about the Niners have allowed the 16th most passing yards this season, 873. They have faced the second most passing attempts this season and 175 so 175 pass attempts 873 yards allowed the chicago bears jason upon they have faced the most pass attempts do you think they're anywhere near 873 yards allowed no uh they're at 1430 the seattle seahawks they have faced the second most amount of pass attempts do you think they're anywhere near 873 yards allowed probably over 1120 the fourth team the Baltimore Ravens, 165 pass attempts. Well, they actually allowed less passing yards in the Fortnite, 673. But you go to the fifth team, the Philadelphia Eagles, huh? One of the best teams in the NFL. They faced, let's see here, 11 fewer pass attempts, but have given up 200 more passing yards. It's almost as if, Jason, and, and bear with me here, that all these passing yards are coming from the Niners having a pretty big lead and teams having to throw the ball, huh? That's huh? interesting. Uh, huh? But you mentioned it uh, about the Cowboys with their offensive line. Tyron Smith sounds like he's coming back. And this was actually the point. Hey, Justin Fields has seven touchdowns and two. He has eight and two. Thank you very much. He got four and four. Not a bust yet. Not not ready to give it up boy. Stop playing Uh, with my guy. um, But you mentioned Tyron Smith coming back. And I don't know how I feel about this. Because on the one side, I, I read a few things that this is the first time that the Cowboys have had a fully healthy offensive line since 2021. I don't know if that's a good thing for Dallas or a bad thing for Dallas. I think it's, it's a good thing because there's a lot of talent there, but it's a bad thing because like, you know how I talked to like, and it's dumb, bad thing, dumb, bad thing. I'll, I'll admit it. You know, I talked about Niners, a lot of rotation on the offensive line. I kind of like them a little better because they've only, maybe there's some rust to be had. It's a tough matchup against Nick Bosa and this Niners defensive line for your first game back together as a unit in two years. Where do you, where do you lie on it? So I know where to lie on it. Cause I'm kind of iffy on it. Maybe, but it's Tyron Smith, man. And it's Tyron, uh, Smith. It's Tyron Smith. I look, man, mm-hmm. this is going to be the game that the 49ers really learned something about themselves, their defensive line, their offensive line on the other side also too, man. Uh, Pray for Spencer Burford and Colin McKivitz this week. But I don't want Tyron Smith playing in this game. I mean, all right, look, I want teams at full strength because I Mm -hmm. love, 
I love their, you know, I love the the competitiveness and I don't want anybody to ever say, well, we're missing this guy. We're missing that guy. And look, you're missing Trevon Diggs. I understand that. But Bland has done very well. And I think one of the more underrated signings of the offseason was or, you know, moves was them getting Stephon Gilmore. So Bland and Gilmore is is a is a fine duo. Um, but I'm not happy that Tyron Smith is playing. No. Um, you know, okay. full practice, full mm-hmm. practice. He hasn't played, you know, for a few weeks. Uh, I, I don't want that to happen. Um, I think, I think the world of him, Tyler Smith is a dog is a dog. I mean, I can't believe they were able to find it. And Zach Martin is great. Yeah. So their offensive line being there, I'm not going to take that as like, oh, well, they're going to be rusty. Okay. Maybe, but it's just, I, Tyron Smith is a professional man. Is, is a professional. It. Look. Perfect. Grizz, thank you for the donation. We appreciate you. Is it safe to say we are seeing offense reminiscent of reminiscent of Matt Ryan's MVP season? I think this is a good transition to the offense. That's a great segue to the offense, one hundred percent. Thank you, Grizz, uh, uh, new member. Appreciate you, bro. Yeah, listen, man. I don't know. I don't know if I want to quite get to the MVP season, but I know Jason Aponte said it plenty of times, and I'll let you talk about it a little more. Mm-hmm. This is the first time. I mean, the first time in my life that the, it really feels like the Niners' offense is a step ahead of the Niners' defense. Yes. And that might be a little bit of what this feel is coming from. I don't know if I want to quite compare it to Matt Ryan's MVP season because I don't know if Brock Purdy is going to win an MVP, and that's where you got to lose me a little bit. But I want to hear what Jason says because I think you have a pretty good insight on, on kind of what Shanahan did with Ryan in, in 16 versus what Purdy's doing now with this offense. And I, I think it's pretty obvious that the Niners have more weapons than what the Falcons had uh, back then, although they weren't low on weapons necessarily. It's just the Niners have – more high-end weapons, which apparently makes Brock Purdy like the 25th best quarterback in the eye. I fucking know, man. Uh, but, Jason, can, can you kind of give me give me your idea on, on this comment from Chris? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the numbers, and it's only through four games, obviously. Right now, efficient, efficiency-wise, this offense is operating at a level that it was even higher than, you know, with that. And, God, I want to make sure I say this the right way without anybody getting mad. Julio Jones is a better receiver than anybody that's on this team. Yes. Okay. Yes. But, I think that's fair. But – the complement of weapons all around is obviously better, but the numbers. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just remembered how rattled you were that I said like Brandon Ayuk's better than CD Lamb. I think you would fly to Sacramento to fight me if I said, "Nah, dog, Brandon Ayuk is better than Julio." Jones. I think you would fly to Sacramento to fight me. <laughs> I, I don't think. <laughs> That's Batman why I started himself... laughing out of the blue. <laughs> like... Batman himself couldn't beat me to submission to say that I think that Brandon Ayuk <laughs> yeah, no, is better no, than like, Julio Jones. I, I love I love Brandon Ayuk, but yeah, no, Julio Jones obviously. Julio Jones. Twenty sixteen right. Julio Jones would be the best receiver on the 23 <laughs> and it wouldn't even be close. <laughs> wouldn't right, even be but, close, man. But, but no, efficiency wise, it's absolutely true that you should start like thinking about it this way because when you look at the offenses that Kyle Shanahan's had to operate, whether it be with the Texans with the Browns. This is the closest thing to it, but it's exceeding it, right? Like it's exceeding it right now based on efficiency numbers, and it's through four games. Now, if you want to extrapolate those numbers all the way through 17 games, is you, you know, you have to obviously play those games, but I think this is a, a great place to look at it. And for sure, I've been saying it pretty much after right after the Arizona game. Um, the offense is carrying this team and moving this team in the right direction, and the defense isn't bad, they're still top 10. That's why we kind of talked about it all offseason where this offense with Christian McCaffrey and everybody, they can overcome the defense not being top two. Okay. And I think the good news is this, is I think a lot of us, no matter when we go through the numbers, when we go through anything that we look at, 
we can say that the 49ers are still have room for improvement and it still is there. Mm-hmm. So God help everyone if this defense figures it out even more and gets a little bit better, which is still highly possible with how many more weeks to play. And that's the part that I think is the is the most positive part. It's like you're watching this offense operate in a way that we haven't seen. You're watching the defense be as solid as it is. Maybe it, it might be underwhelming certain people, um, but there's still room for growth with the defense. And I think that's the part that should have everybody excited. So all this to say, absolutely, this offense is doing things that the 2016 Falcons were, right? Um, better weapons, fine. Brock Purdy's efficiency numbers, all of those things, if you want to just get down to bare numbers, are exceeding Matt Ryan in that MVP season. And all of those things can be true. But I think the part that we should contextualize is that while we're excited about this offense being better than the defense, but the defense can improve still. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 if they do, how, how does this team operate after that? So thank there, you for bringing that up, Grizz. There's a non-zero chance that in two months – we're still talking about, you know, the Niners offense putting up the productivity they're doing because I don't, I don't know. I like, I know 30 points is a lot per game, but I don't see any reason to believe this offense can stop, but we could be talking about in two months, how the defense is caught up to the night to the offense. And now what are we talking about? How good of a football team, JKBG Julio Jones in 2016 beast Julio Jones in 2023 beast at helping me find parchment paper at office. Man. Hey man, shout out to JKBG creepy paper. Um, Jason, on a scale of 1 to 11, how concerned are you about Micah Parsons? Uh, 34. Uh, <laughs> look. That's such a random number. Yeah. <laughs> look, um, we're going to find out a lot about the progression of Cole McKivitz mm-hmm. this week. And mm-hmm. the thing is, is this. He's going to take snaps across from Trent Williams. But if you're a defensive coordinator, aren't you going to say Michael Parsons go to the right side or go to the left side of the defense yeah. and go face Cole McKivitz yeah. just a little bit more, right? Like yeah. it just, it just, yeah. It's hey, we easy. don't want you to tangle with possibly the greatest left tackle who's ever played yeah. the game of football. Let's tangle with this guy. What I'm afraid of is these next two weeks for Cole McKivitz. Cole McKivitz has to deal with Michael Parsons and then Miles Garrett. Ironically, or funny enough, I don't know if it's ironic or funny enough, do you know who are the two highest pressure, uh, you know, the, the guys at the edge that create the highest pressure rate? Number one, Michael Parsons. Number two, Miles Garrett. And I'm assuming TJ Watts somewhere in that. Oh, he's somewhere in there, but it's one and two. It's Parsons and Garrett. And funny enough, this is where we are back-to-back weeks. Um, Message to Spencer Burford and message to Colton McKivitz. No missed assignments on stunts. Figure it out. Play together. Communicate. You're going to need each other. This is the week we're really going to find out what is going on with this right side because Mm -hmm. The teams that can threaten the 49ers in the playoffs will have guys like this. Yes. Cole McKivitz, I believe in you, man. If nobody believes in you, I do. 
please pray to Superman, pray to whoever it is that you got that to make sure that this right side stays up. I am definitely concerned about Michael Parsons in this game. And uh, Roberto Davis says, uh, sign PS2 and seal, seal the deal. Denver should just trade him over first. Yeah, I think pick. that'll yeah, show him. They, yeah. They, 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 yeah, like honestly, he's such a malcontent. And he's somebody who, well, like, you don't want on your team, just send him over and punish him. You, if you're thinking about it, if the Niners only traded for Randy Gregory to get the Cowboys defense, just send Randy Gregory back to Denver and then get PS2. Think about yeah. that. There you yeah, go. That works too. There you go. Uh, Jason, my, my only thought on it, David Lombardi had a had a stat. Uh, Purdy's average snap to release time last season was 2.84 seconds, 29th in the league. This year it's 2.56, sixth. So ideally he gets rid of the ball a little quicker. Uh, it's to not really deal with Micah Parsons. The one thing that I think is maybe the matchup of the game is the big plays. And I, I texted this to you guys yesterday. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys defense has allowed 15 explosive plays this season. That is defined as runs of 10 or more yards or passes of 20 or more yards. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey alone has 14 explosive plays. That's almost as many as the Cowboys have given up. Uh, the Niners, I believe my number was 33 I had. Uh, if you go by uh, the receptions the Niners have had, including 620-plus yard receptions for uh, uh, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Tontera, if I mispronounce that, why couldn't they've just figured out a way to keep Jimmy Ward and keep one of Abu Kam, Willis, and Omanihu? Uh, Jimmy Ward, I, I, he said it in Jimmy Ward. Don podcast, podcast. Jimmy Ward did he not want to be here. He straight up said he didn't want to play in the slot. Yeah. Niners were going to use him as that. So that uh, well, and, and keep one of Abu Kam, Willis, and Omanihu. I would have maybe said agree with that sentence uh, a week ago, or even if we did this podcast five hours ago. Uh, but now that Randy Gregory's here. I, I, if if he reaches the potential that that we think he can under Chris Kosarek, we're gonna forget Ebukam Willis or Menu. And if you watch that Richard Sherman podcast about Jimmy Ward, he got in depth about like mm-hmm. first he didn't want to be in the slot, he did that, and then there was a game where they were pulling the starters, and then they wanted him to play on the outside as a corner, and he's like, mm-hmm. I haven't taken any reps on the outside, and it's just like. I think Jimmy just felt a little bit slighted in terms of the way that they like were kind of discarding him. And then he said that him and Kyle Shanahan basically didn't speak for the rest of the year after the next day. So um, Jimmy Ward just didn't want to be there. I know Niner fans didn't like the answer, but like Kyle Shanahan's response of him, like, Hey, I don't want to play slot anymore. And him saying, you you want to play bench is such a swaggy head coach answer. I like, I, I, well, it's a little then, harsh, but like it's just such a like, oh, you want to play bench then? Okay, like what are we doing here? And then what did he say about he told him when when Jimmy said when they asked him to play outside corner, he said, I haven't taken any reps. He goes, Oh, okay, so I'll just put a Ziz Ashair out there then, like at corner. Like, and it's just like it's like <laughs> all those such little an asshole. Yeah, it's just like all it. these little things and everything. It's uh look, I think I think Jimmy Ward has more than earned his stripes as a 49er. Yes, yes, and it's yes. also very fair to say it was time for them to move on. Yes, exactly. See, I guess I'll put Aziz at, at corner. Yes. It's just like, it's just like, my God, even during a blowout, you just like, you're yeah. completely snippy with everybody as well, too. It's like, what do you have Dante Johnson on the team for, man? Like, why can't he go out there and play for a little bit if that's the thing? It's just, yeah. So, yeah. That, um, we appreciate but, you pointing that out because that, that, that was something that, that was, was pretty good. And that, so, yeah, all right. So, so Hendrix, uh, since we're talking about the offense, okay, yes. Thoughts? I'm not gonna call. I'm not gonna call Stephen Ruiz a bum because I right. don't know him. I don't right. know him outside of of his right. quarterback takes. Uh, to me, it just it, it feels like 
And, and I mean this nicely because because I, I, I'm kind of the same way. It feels like somebody who doesn't want to lean into the last pick of the draft and then finally lean into him and then have Brock Purdy play like the last pick in the draft. I, I To me, I think the most unfair thing to knock Brock Purdy for is the weapons. Mm-hmm. It's not his fault he plays here, man. It's not his fault that Kyle Shanahan's his head coach. And, and, and I, under, I understand in a vacuum of like, well, I'm not making this list of who would play best in the Kyle Shanahan offense. I'm making this list of who plays best. But then when I scroll up a little higher on that list and I see Daniel Jones at 18, makes me question that a little bit. Or, or dare I say, if, if we're having this conversation of, of it's not a grade of Kyle Shanahan's offense it's, it's a grade of who plays better in a normal offense how the hell does jimmy garoppolo have a higher grade by i know it's by 0. 0.01 i that's that's such a minute number to complain about but how is jimmy garoppolo who succeeded in kyle succeeded a relative term in kyle shanahan's system who's having a very not good year who leads the nfl in interceptions how is he 0. 0.01 higher of a grade that that's my thing other than that, I guess everybody's entitled to their opinion. Just like I'm entitled to my opinion that I will never cover the NFL again if Christian Ponder doesn't win a Super Bowl. Uh, so I'm just going to throw that one out there. You heard it here first. If Christian Ponder never wins a Super Bowl, or sorry, if Christian Ponder wins a Super Bowl, I'm never talking about the NFL again. So, so I'm sticking it out there. That's the thing, Andrew. It's way easier to bet against the last pick in the draft because of that. Right. You're like the last pick in the draft is spitting in the face of history. Yeah. So it's way easier to bet against him. Yes. It's way easier to just say, well, whatever. Eventually it'll happen. He was the last pick in the draft. The thing is, too, is I actually really respect Ruiz's work because he's one of the few guys who covers the game that understands scheme understands what's supposed to happen on certain plays, all of those things. But I do want to say that the flaw in this argument, and if you come to me with an argument and you you give me data points that I can look at and I say, you know what, I disagree, but I respect it, then I can actually respect the argument. But this really feels like not a vendetta, but just somebody who is like, it's so easy to just pile on Mr. Irrelevant, pile on him, right? Like, like it's mm-hmm. so easy to just continue to just dismiss him because he's the last pick in the draft. Eventually, he's going to show me and prove me right. Like, once he has, and, and spoiler alert, San Francisco 49er fans, there's going to be a day where Brock Purdy has a poor game. Yes. Because it happens. And once that does happen, Stephen Ruiz and all of the people who doubt Brock Purdy will be out in full effect. Mm-hmm. I told you, I told you, I told you, right? So it's so easy to dismiss him. And also, in a way, it feels like Stephen Ruiz is just kind of leaning into the bit. Yes. And he's just he's just going with it. It does feel a bit personal. That's the part that I think is a little weird. It does feel a bit personal. And it's it does feel like a little bit of like, you know, you just don't want to be wrong. And you just want to keep moving the goalposts and find a way to not be wrong about him. And and I want to Jesus Christ! I just looked at this. Do you know who the? Do you know who uh, who he, who he has ranked twelfth at quarterback? Matt Jones, Kyler Murray. 
How? He hasn't played a football game. I, I just noticed that. I just I just noticed that the Kyler Murray is. But listen, I, I do want to give Stephen Ruiz credit uh, because he, from what I from what I've read from him, he does watch the tape, and, and for him to put out a pretty a relatively in depth uh, analysis of what what is it this week thirty four quarterbacks, I do want to give him credit for that because listen. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Like, like that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work to put into something. So I, I do want to give him credit on that. Um, but yeah, I just, I have a hard time believing that Brock Purdy is the 25th best quarterback in the NFL yeah. at this moment. Um, but Hey, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Let, let, let's see. Maybe, maybe, maybe Brock Purdy. See, see to me, to me, and, and I mean this respectfully, cause I know there's a lot of, I know there's a lot of people who, who we we know one Jason we know somebody who says what was it that if the page if the Bills miss the playoffs what's Jarrett doing what what's Jarrett gonna do whatever it is what's his no 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 it's um it's if the Patriots win the AFC East but like he has to like run around uh, so Gillette Stadium legitimate question so if Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl is is he legit like hold your end of the deal because remember Mel Kiper said if Jimmy Clausen isn't a hit I'm gonna retire. And what happened? Why is what, what did you see that? A like? Did you where did that come from? I don't know. What did you do? I didn't do anything. A bubble just popped up and there was a thumbs up next a to it. A thumbs up you, in it. He, uh, uh, they like what I'm you're so, saying. I'm so thrown off now. That's never happened. <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, uh for for life niner thanks for the donation. For Niners 28. Dolus. I like Dolus. Dolus is cold. That's a fun Dull one. Ass. 20. Dull Dull ass. ass. Dull ass. Hey, man, sometimes dull asses, you know, they cook. Um, <sighs> Jason Aponte, before we get into predictions. Well, I, God, I just, well, the thing about Mel Kuyper is, is this, is um, Mel Kuyper says that on a show, um, but he's not on Twitter or anything like that, and he's not engaging back and forth, so people aren't going to pull that up. The last thing I want to say about the Brock Purdy thing is this. Patrick Mahomes is right now throwing for the least amount of yards that he's ever thrown for. And you know what they're saying? Man, that guy needs a receiver. That's pretty funny how that works, right? It's pretty funny how that works. Is you can rationalize why one guy is having a down season with his stats because he doesn't have a receiver. But Brock Purdy has receivers and he's hitting them. And it's like, well, I don't know. I I can't give him credit. That's the part that's kind of funny to me. Um, I do want to say this. If 49ers want to win this game, it's not going to be through the air. Um, They are going to do exactly what the Arizona Cardinals did to the Dallas Cowboys and control the game on the ground. And that goes with Christian McCaffrey. It'd be nice if Elijah Mitchell could play football one day. Unfortunately, it's not that day. But if the 49ers want to control the clock and everything, it's going to go through Christian McCaffrey. And for everybody who's like, well, we need to rest them. Rest them and play who at this point? There's no other running backs on this Aziz roster. Aziz Alshair. Aziz Alshair. Yeah, well, I guess we'll put Aziz out there, right? <laughs> put Aziz out there. <laughs> um, uh, but it just the Elijah Mitchell thing is just, it's really frustrating, man. It's, it getting, is, yeah. it, it's not getting frustrating. Yeah, it's, frustrating. it's frustrating. He's missed 21 games and played in 18. What the hell, man? What I, the hell? I, I had the thought of maybe throwing him out there in terms of the deadline. 
I just don't know what you get for him at this point. You know, it, what, it, the same hard. pick that they used on him. Maybe I, I would take that. Uh, Jay said, we are almost at an hour. Let's get to predictions uh, before yep. we do a new little segment that we started last week. And let's see if I get this, if I get this wrong, Jason, please correct me. Sure. Uh, if you go to underdog, the app, underdog. use the underdog promo fantasy. code Aponte2103. Nope. Of just Aponte. Just Aponte. They will match your, your uh, first deposit up to $100. Uh, Jason, I'm going to give three of my picks. Nice. I'm not very good at this. If, listen, if you, I, I'm saying it right now. If you're listening to Andrew Pasquini's picks, you, you, that's on your own. Accord. I love it. Uh, I'm gonna go higher. Brock Purdy, two and a half rushing attempts. I think we get three quarterback sneaks. Nice. I I am gonna go with the Chili Pepper Brock Pur or Brock Purdy, not Brock Purdy. Christian McCaffrey, higher than one and a half rush plus receiving touchdowns. It's a higher 1.75 multiplier. Jake Moody. Over two and a half extra points made. That feels money. He's gone three, three, and five the past three weeks. All three of those numbers are over th- two and a half. So those are my three numbers. Jason Aponte, maybe give them some some winners. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those those sound actually really good. And I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to load up uh, my underdog on here as well too. All right, let me get to it. I'm sorry because now it's just now it's just showing me. Um, the college games and it's just like i just dude, searched I, 49ers punch 49ers in and there you go yeah it's just that uh the, the internet whatever that's going on here i'm gonna look it up though but again use promo code aponte to uh double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars and uh you know we've got drafts on underdog all of those things as well too all right let's get to it um i really believe that the and i want to see what the number is for this game um for uh here he is let's see well i think your easy one is higher is uh christian mccaffrey higher than half a touchdown um i think yes. it's it's a pretty safe bet that uh that J- that christian mccaffrey is going to score in this one rushing touchdown, um, half a rushing touchdown so they've got george kittle set at 40 and a half i think george kittle is higher than that in this game um he had 90 last year in the divisional game and his last four primetime games he's got 80 plus yards he doesn't have to have 80 all he has to have is 41 I love that one as well, too. And if I'm looking at Brandon Ayuk, I wish that they had a touchdown prop because I'm taking the anytime touchdown prop on him as well, too. Um, but it's not there. What I will say is with Brock Purdy, one and a half passing touchdowns, feels like that's going to be higher. This I have. Um, here, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm saying. I'm saying half a rush plus receiving touchdown. Brandon Ayuk higher 1.5 multiplier. I have that on my board. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I think Brandon Ayuk scores in this game. Um, so there you go. So I that would be a higher on that. So there mm-hmm. you go. So there's the picks, guys. And then one more. One more. One more. Uh, over uh, a higher eight tackles and assists for Fred Warner. That's a good number. That's a good number because he he, he, seem, he seems to be a walking 10 tackles. That That's what he seems to be. Uh, so there you go. Underdog, go use promo code Aponte. They'll match your first uh, – deposit up to a hundred dollars there you go and win some money watching football because i'm gonna be sitting here for 10 hours on sunday might as well try and win some money doing it uh jason predictions prediction predictions uh, i don't know if you saw the tweet uh all-time record 19 19 and one between these two franchises uh the niners have a chance to win three consecutive against the cowboys for the first time in a long while i forget the exact number i thought i wrote it down but i did not uh I'm, I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna run with the 30 points. I think I think that's not a fluke. I think this offense, with how, with the amount of weapons that Brock Purdy has around him, 
and how quick he's getting the ball out. I think the Niners can get the 30. Hopefully Micah Parsons doesn't blow up too much. I'm going to go 31 to 20. I think the Niners defense Dallas hasn't necessarily like, as you mentioned, they're not, they're not exactly beating you over the top. They're not going big plays. They're, they're nickel and diming you. And, and I think that plays into Steve Wilkes. And I saw a few people mention two interceptions for Dak Prescott. I feel good about that. I think this Niners defense can do that. So I'm gonna go 31-20, 49ers win Sunday night. Wow. Okay. Um guys, you're gonna kill me, but I'm picking the 49ers to win. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah, you thought yeah, I was gonna fight if there's gonna fight you. No, you think you think that was no 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 no. Um right now, uh and they don't pay us or anything like that. But, you know, here uh, in Jersey, I'm allowed to bet on DraftKings. There's a bet that I'm looking at that I'm really interested in. They've got the 49ers at like plus 140 between 21 and 30 points. I don't think the 49ers get to 30 in this game. Ooh, okay. Um, I do think that this game ends 23-20 49ers. This is going okay. to be a slugfest. This is okay. going to be an absolute, like, punch you, punch back. Who makes the right play at the last moment? Almost kind of feels like that divisional game again. I think what a lot of people forgot about that divisional game was once Tony Pollard left the game, that really turned the Cowboys one-dimensional. So I think that, you know, and funny enough, the only player who is right behind Christian McCaffrey for touchdowns is Tony Pollard. Mm -hmm. Um, And and he's probably going to play this entire game. So I think this is going to be a slugfest. I think this is going to be one of those games where the 49ers win 23 to 20. It's going to be very close, but I don't see them getting to 30 this week. I mean, anytime the 49ers score 30, you lose. I think, I think that is absolutely fair because they're not going to give up 31. Yeah. If they get to 30, you lose like you're done. But this feels like one of those knockdown drag them out. Like whoever protects the ball and really what I'm looking at is I'm looking at me betting on Dak Prescott making big turnovers. Yes. And I think that's going to be the difference in this game. Brock Purdy's been controlling the ball and not turning it over. The team who makes the least amount of mistakes and turnovers is going to win this game. And I've got to bet on the 49ers in that way. 23-20 to 20, 49ers in an absolute slugfest, a game that probably comes down to Jake Moody winning it at the end or something like that. And everybody just being super annoying on Twitter about it. Hey man, if, if, if people are being annoying on Twitter about it, that means Jake Moody's doing something right. You know, right. so I got take, take that as you may leave Jason alone about Jake Moody though. It's played its course. It's played its course. Uh, it's done. It's done. Jake, hey man. Hey man, as we said, the issue isn't with the player. It's the process. That's okay. It is what it is. I'm sure nobody who, who's, who's the, who's the tackle I mentioned last time. Who's on the Brown Dewan Jones. Is that who it is? Niners sure probably couldn't use him right now. Right. But that's, um, uh, listen, man, it, it's exciting. I, I, I know I made the joke there. I said only one reverence, but something hits different when your team's playing on Sunday night, dude, from, from five thirteen PM when Carrie Underwood sings the song all the way through it's just this game's gonna have juice, man, and, and that—that's yeah. all you could ask for in, in a primetime game. I, I know it, it, it helps that both teams are very good, uh, but this really feels like the first test of the 49ers season. Hopefully, it all goes well. Ideally, it goes well. I think it will go well. 31 to 20, I mentioned. 
I'm, I'm just excited, man. This, this is the rivalry. I'm so happy that it feels like really for the first time in my life, the Niner Cowboy rivalry is back. It's kind of been a, it's is it a rivalry. A, they got to win, right? Well, yeah, that, that's fair. But, but I, I guess the best way to describe it is most of my life, Jason, it's, it's a lot of like, I don't want to play the Cowboys. The Niners stink and the Cowboys are good. And this, this really feels like the first time in my life that both teams are good at the same time. And, and, and it's fun. It makes these games fun. I'm excited. Swift Dog Niner, thank you very much. We love you maybe more than you love this podcast. I love all of you. Uh, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to come back on Monday. Niners win. We talk Niners win. Niners lose. We talk the other guys. We win either way on this podcast. We're going to have a good time. Jason, you have any final thoughts before we get up out of here? No. Um, I want to keep this brief because I'm done with the analysis. Um, I am fully putting on my fan hat. Yes. Yes. Fuck the Dallas Cowboys. Bury them under the dirt. This one we've got to have. I fuck Austin, Texas. Fuck AT&T Stadium. Fuck Emmett Smith. Why fuck, Austin? I don't care. Fuck Michael Irvin. Fuck Troy Aikman. <laughs> fuck them all. We don't like the Cowboys here. Let's go. Let's go. These are the games you get up for. These are the games you get excited. Jason Aponte, as always. Let's go Niners. Why do they always ask how about them, Cowboys? How come never how are the Cowboys? Because they're shitty. There you go.